Does everybody know what time it is? It's time to stop shooting so we can take a union-mandated break. If we go right through it, we're going to hit meal penalty, and then our production budget is going to be totally fucked. That's right. It's Gruntwerk. witness as Mark exercises his exorcism. The evil that lurks within the sun, the terror is him. Possessed by evil spirits and grunts from the odd, we come forth with grunt work, a facade of a pod. We've been listened to ever since we were we men. They took a sonogram and seen the image of a demon. At first, listeners provided us with triacle. But now we're turning our cheeks toward evil. <laughs> Cheer on grunt work, the only podcast about the TV show Home Improvement that can make you puke your guts out with a single look from our bleeding eyes. I am your host, Landon. I drink your blood, Solano, joined always by my co-host, Truman. I eat your skin, Caps. Oh, Truman. Landon. What are you dressed up as? Uh, you know, this year I am dressed up as a person who just bought a new pair of pants for the first time in like two years and is uh, is debuting them. Uh, it's a very low-key costume, Great. but I feel like it's one that I can pull off very well. What did you go as this year? I dressed up as the scariest thing I can think of. Commitment. Oh! <laughs> Uh, I'm single. Uh, well, listen, hey, I, I applaud both of us for kind of taking unorthodox routes to find horror, because I think that sometimes <laughs> uh, terror lies in the most unexpected places, which I guess is kind of what happens in most horror movies, is that you don't expect something scary. Um, also, Landon, I don't know, I just, again... I, I got you got me excited a couple weeks ago when you did yeah. uh, Kanye West's "Can't Tell Me Nothing," one of the only rap <laughs> songs I'm familiar with, and uh-huh. so I didn't know this one. But you said that bit about turning your cheeks towards evil. What yes cheeks are we turning? Because it can mean different <laughs> things. We are either we're either doing it in a biblical turn the other cheek fashion, or we're doing it in a uh-huh. frat house Tim on the lake on a motorboat fashion. And I'm good with either one. I just want to know so I can picture it. I can't tell you. I don't want to spoil the twist ending. Uh, okay. Well, I mean, it's good. Well, I'm going to show my twist ending then if I get the wrong idea about this. <laughs> I mean, that's how suspense works. You 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 get a setup and you don't know how it's going to pay off. I I guess I I suppose so. I suppose so. I don't watch enough horror <laughs> movies to know this stuff. Also shocked that you aren't familiar with the robust discography of Gravediggers. Great. I I don't know. I kind of assume whenever you're doing rap lyrics that seem especially ghastly, I always just assume it's ICP. I have I have the I have the musical knowledge of like a parent in the early 2000s. I only know about the rappers who are either have been on talk shows or who have been on the news for potentially infecting our children's minds. <laughs> Truman, why are we wasting time today? I I am bursting we, at the seams here. Well, folks, look, I'm going to pull back the curtain. We were we were getting ready to record our Gruntwork Nights episode that we do to warm up before we record the main episode, and Landon was like, I don't even need a warm-up. I've got so much. We were talking before we started the Gruntwork Nights episode, and Landon was like, we got to hurry this up. i got so much to say about the home improvement episode. Landon has been waiting all night of of through conversations with me to talk about this episode of home improvement. And folks, I don't blame him because this episode ruled. <laughs> 
Um, indeed. In fact, I'm going to press, press pause on you for now mm-hmm. so that we can play our secret word game. Oh, yes. Um, for people just tuning in, this is a game we play uh, where <laughs> we're using... Uh, I, I I was calling it Pee-wee's Playhouse Rules, but I, it's really like password rules. Well, um, it's, it's really like game that the other player never even comes close to winning at rules whatever whatever you call well, we those got, rules we got to get betty white as a guest <laughs> i i've long believed that um okay okay but no no go 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 ahead to say the secret okay. mute me and say the secret word i will but just to you know let people know i'm gonna give a secret word and if truman says this word at any point during the episode our patrons uh, over at patreon.com slash gruntworkpod will get um, chalupas or the chalupa equivalent of a prize. So <laughs> with that, uh, Truman, I'm going to mute you and tell everyone what this week's secret word is. Mute away. Truman, can you hear me? Truman, I'm going to kill you in your sleep. Cool. Uh, this weird <laughs> This week's secret word is creaky like an attic creaky okay let's all see what truman does hi truman hey landon gaffer was the gaffer <laughs> it's the word gaffer no but wouldn't it be no, fucked it up if it was if, if like he he said the word to all of you and then we came back and i immediately guessed it like wouldn't that People wouldn't that be would assume we're cheating <laughs> It or would, that my mute button doesn't work. One of the two. People would assume they were listening to the greatest podcast in history. Everyone would like <laughs> New York Times The Daily would just get fucking chucked out the window in favor of grunt work, where one guy guessed that word so quickly. Landon, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I I'm convinced that this time we've watched the same episode yeah. based on your your scant. Um, whispers of what you've uh, experienced with this but can you tell everyone uh what we watch on home improvement this week and i i'm going to maybe mute myself from squeeing while you're talking yeah this is going to be quick folks because it's a simple episode it's like a swiss watch well no (laughs) swiss watch is complicated okay you you are already you're squeeing you're you're doing you're (laughs) folks who watched anime in the early 2000s are you know blowing their minds at what landon is doing right now okay i i do i also have like my my fists tucked underneath my chin in like that really excited shaking pose that anime characters sometimes do <laughs> and is there a gigantic sweat drop i guess there is for no particular reason because he's not even anxious it's, it's just there okay it's excitement when mark casts his family in a horror movie he's directing <laughs> Jill grows concerned that her gloomy, moody son really does want to murder his parents and siblings. <laughs> That's it. That's what this episode is. It's a really good episode. I like it. Fucking I wouldn't rules. change a single word. It's about so your good. Synopsis. I could I could go I further, it. but it's like again, it's very simple. There's just not a lot to it, and it works so well. <laughs> Oh, I you know, I almost don't want to go through this normal bullshit stuff that we do before getting into the deep dive, but you know what? Let's do it. Let's Truman, do, it. do you want to guess that title? Put some I, like organ music and bats flying away over there. <laughs> I mean, it's that's <laughs> that's really on the nose. I, I yeah, that, that is really on the nose. Listen, I'll edit that out, but I will put the the music in there. Okay. okay I got great. four options for titles. One. Okay. Cinemark. <laughs> Yeah, name of an actual movie chain. Yeah, exactly. If if you've ever mm-hmm. if you've ever 
uh, had a disappointing experience in a movie theater where the floor was extremely sticky. Uh, okay, next one. Uh huh. So I mothered an axe murderer. Oh my god, that is great. Thank you, thank you. Uh, yeah. If if this title wasn't so good, I would I would say your your title is uh the retro one to do oh, but we're not oh going shit. to oh shit okay yeah, okay it's a good one next option mark's final cut <laughs> okay all right i like that last one probably the one that it is i think that's very accurate and reflective of what happens in the show and i think also <laughs> pays tribute to um the formative years and, and history of horror movies <laughs> the cabinet of dr al igari <laughs> It's an L one that I don't mind because it's fitting. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's about horror movie history. I know how to make my friend happy. Uh, okay, now I'm interested to know what is what is the title of this episode. Well, before before we do that, uh, I, I want you to just, I, for my own satisfaction, can you read the the third one again? Uh, Mark's final cut. Oh no, no, the second one. Sorry. So I mothered an axe murderer. <laughs> <laughs> I've got, that's he doesn't a good even, one. It's so good. He doesn't even use an axe. I it should like, but it's it was yeah. It was too. I don't know. It's very much from Jill's perspective in this episode. Oh, yeah, he does. Ma Shetty, his dad. Ah, um, very good, very good. Okay, I'm going to give you a clue, um, but we won't spend too much time on this. Uh, it's a play on a movie from I think the 40s about the Titanic. A night to remember. Wow, I'm surprised you know the the movie. Uh, uh, okay, but wait, so it's a play on that. So it's a night to remember. Uh, a a a, a <laughs> shoot theme. A shoot to remember. A film to remember. Oh, a, a night. Uh, no, a, to dismember. A night to dismember. Yes. Ding 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 ding. I know it doesn't count for anything, but I'm still happy that I figured it out. A night to dismember. That's that's good. That's really good. That's cute. I, I like that. love the title. Uh, this episode aired on October 28th, 1997. Directed by Jeffrey Nelson and uh, written by Eric Horstead. Oh, Truman, oh. here we go. I feel it. I feel the. Downward slide toward the deep dive coming. Okay. So, uh, do, do you want to? How did me, you feel about this episode? I don't. I feel like I should ask you first. Cause, I mean, I know we both liked it a lot, but you seem even more excited <laughs> than I am about it. German, it's almost Christmas time. It and is. Home improvement got me exactly what I wanted. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Halloween and Mark. <laughs> Halloween, Mark, horror movies. Oh my! I knew this episode was coming. For a couple seasons now, to be honest with you, and I remember bits of it uh, from originally watching it, did not expect to react to it the way that I did. Yeah. It's far and away my favorite episode of the show. Wow. Far and away. I mean, not I mean, a shock. It, it's it a great episode. <laughs> bubble, bubble, toil and trouble out of the water like <laughs> bubble it's it's not even bubbling anymore it's like a smooth surface of water toil and trouble S- smoothie smoothie toil and tuvi i was giggling during the which we'll get into and i don't want to spoil too much yet when we see glimpses of what mark's movie actually is i was giggling like 
Revenge of the Nerds. Like, I couldn't catch my breath. I was going, <laughs> like, it was the weirdest laugh I've ever done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had tingles in my stomach, and I wanted to cry from joy. It was <laughs> so fucking good. I'm going to blow your mind right now. Yeah? I put it on again after I watched it. You rewatched it. Holy shit. I mean, I'm not I, shocked. This I took episode my notes. is so good. But I took my notes. I walked into the living room, sat down on my couch, and put it on on my TV. <laughs> for the fun of it. Just for the hell of for it. For the fun of it. Yes. People write reviews of our podcast and say that we don't like home improvement. Well, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> when home improvement the- puts in the work, we do. <laughs> This is like a culmination of Mark's character that in such over a huge like the way. last seven seasons that is like the best payoff ever. Like <laughs> I, I can't even like if I, I couldn't even write a synopsis of you know a spec script of my own that would pay this off better than this film or this episode does. The only the only like the fact that we've been making the podcast for this all this time and have been talking about Mark and have, and where's Mark been? How come Mark is getting ignored in all this? Why isn't Mark a bigger part of the show? It's like that enhanced it so much that it like, it knocked my socks off. (laughs) And the fact that it it, it addresses it through the guise of goth and horror films. Oh man. uh, It's just like a little treat for Landon. And I gobbled it down and went back for more. You you did. You had seconds. Happy Thanksgiving. (laughs) Happy Halloween. Happy Thanksgiving. Merry Christmas. The holiday season. Well, I, I, I definitely (laughs) overwhelmed you. How did you feel about this episode? Oh, I mean, I mean, I loved it. I mean, I thought it was great. This is the first episode of the season that I know is going to stick in my brain. This is the first truly yep. memorable episode of the season. Uh, uh, just simple plot yep. conveys something very real, very efficiently and effectively. It's great. It's perfect. This also, this feels super real to me because I was a sweet and good-natured child who uh, nonetheless played violent video games and wrote really <laughs> violent fiction. Like, that was just my thing. I, you know, I yeah. thought people shooting each other was cool. And it was I was in school at the same time that students were taking guns to school and shooting each other, and the media was saying, if your kid plays violent video games and writes violent things, they might be a shooter. Right. You got to look out for it. And so the fact that this episode is about a kid creating kind of violent and disturbing art and the parents struggling with how they feel about it and ultimately accepting it really just kind of like, A, it was very truthful to my experience yeah. as a child and B, I thought was just, I don't know, sweet and beautiful. And I think one of the first times that like this show has really spoken to my personal experience as a kid, which <laughs> like, I don't know, I didn't play sports. Well, I didn't like cars. I did like trying to make movies with my friends. So <laughs> this, this you, got me. You make it, you make an interesting point in that. I don't think you know, this is in 97, the yeah. end of 97. This would not have been made even two years later, you know, after Columbine oh, happens yeah. and the, the trench coat mafia and all yeah, that yeah, bullshit. Yeah. Like, yeah, no way does this episode get made. It's it's really wild that this episode sort of predicts where culture was going in a like yeah, absolutely had this been happen had this been happened. My god, what am I I'm so excited. I'm drunk on home improvement right now. Um 
Had I, I'm so overstimulated that I'm <laughs> infecting you with it. We're we're two we're two kids on a sugar high right now. We've been just <laughs> just fistfuls of horror movie content. Seriously, I I had a shitty day today, and I watched this, and it completely changed my <laughs> attitude. <laughs> this. I started my day by watching this episode. I got up early to watch this episode. <laughs> I might do that tomorrow then. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah. Start every day with this episode. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't need to. Like, we've got a deep dive coming up. We can go into the deep dive. I really liked it. It really spoke to my experience being a kid at the time that I was. And I feel like this episode was prescient about, like, hey, yeah, had this come out after Columbine, A, it probably wouldn't have been made, period. B, it might have taken a more kind of concern trolling uh, uh, moral from it, but I, mm-hmm. I just, I love it. I love Tim in this episode. I think this is one of the best representations of Tim. I love Jill. Uh, Randy's yeah. my best friend. Uh, I like Mark <laughs> a lot. Uh, it's great. It's great. Let's talk. Let's talk about it. Let's just talk I, about. I do. It. I, I'm going to take Brad to task for one line specifically in Ooh. this episode. Um, he kind of makes up for it with a, a thing with a cookie, but uh, I do. I'll, I'll <laughs> I know a, a what you're talking personal... about. It is so good. He does make up for it with the cookie. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's go. I'll. Uh, uh, I do want to just give a quick uh, side story that mm-hmm. is a parallel to this episode, where just like you, I was writing. I wasn't writing violent stuff as a kid, but yeah. I was. I started my first novel in junior year high school mm-hmm. and it was very much just you know a diary with the names changed oh yes right? yes i've done and the same i was so proud of it because it was the first like long piece that i'd written that i'd sent it to um my cousin uh my older cousin mm-hmm. who was you know just starting to get into marketing and writing and stuff like that and she wanted to read it and uh after i sent it to her <laughs> uh she and her uh, fiance, her boyfriend at the time, asked to meet me for dinner Ooh. to talk about it. Oh, and when I got there, realized they didn't want to talk about the story. They wanted to talk about me and if I was okay. Oh my god! Oh jeez! <laughs> oh, it gives me chills just to think. Like your your writing concerned us so deep. You you bore your soul yes. to us, and we were worried about you. Oh. Um, but you know, the, as, as mortifying as that could have been, even in the moment I realized, uh, probably for the first time, the power that writing has to affect people and, um, yeah, I don't know. So just to to know that I was able to elicit that sort of response in someone with something I had written was very powerful to me and probably why I still write to this day. Yeah, that's that's cool. I mean, well, so even though they didn't know it, they were encouraging you to continue and pursue this passion, which is beautiful in its own way. Exactly. So why don't you and I write our memoirs as we gaze out of the small barred window overlooking our small cell while we await execution until the warden taps us for the long walk to the gallows where the headsman asks us to kneel before his swinging blade down upon our necks as our head rolls straight into the deep dive. Uh, Landon, do you want to get dinner sometime soon, just so we can talk? <laughs> Everything's fine. I just want to talk. <laughs> okay. Yes, I do. In fact, I miss getting dinner. I, I, I miss I miss getting dinner with you a lot, too. And as soon as it is safe to do so, I really want to visit you in Wisconsin or vice versa. Okay, but... <laughs> we So we open on Tool Time, mm-hmm. uh, uh, where it's uh, Halloween week. And uh, Tim and Al come out in their race jackets, and uh, they're going to be racing some pumpkins. It's a pumpkin racing yeah. thing. And uh, 
you know, Alice complied with all of the regulations set forth by the pumpkin racing people. It's like the soapbox derby where you put it on the, the incline. Yeah, we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> yes. Uh, and uh, Tim has not. He's put an engine in his pumpkin. They race their pumpkins. Tim's pumpkin flies off the track and bursts into flames, and Al wins, and we're all happy for Al. <laughs> yeah, that's it's. those are the bullet points. Yep. So, okay. <laughs> so let's, let's open up the top of that pumpkin and really gut this thing um it's halloween week right yes and that's what, what it they're says. doing is pumpkin racing uh before we get to that we start with heidi introducing the show yes and i don't know if you remember years ago tim there was a transition on a halloween episode where tim's head as he was sitting in the chair turned into a jack-o'-lantern it was one of the first that really terrified you John. yeah i i i i kind of remember a lot of it got blocked out for my own safety but yes i remember this <laughs> this is the complete inverse of that um also the grunt creep flies in on a uh i hit my notes a, i wrote a witch a, a witch stick <laughs> Please, let's start calling it that. Whenever you need to sweep something up at home, just pull out your witch stick. I'm like, why Why can't I say that properly? I'm like, oh, you wrote it wrong, dumbass. This, this uh, episode made you so happy you forgot the English language. <laughs> the grunt creep is flying, and he obviously, being the clumsy doofus that he is, is holding on. He can barely hold on to the broomstick as it's flying through the air, and uh, he flies out of frame. Okay. Halloween week, pumpkin racing, Al built a, a Gordorama, which is where Tim and Al are going to be racing their pumpkins. Yes. Um, where do I want to start? First, I want to start here. Okay. Uh, Al is, you know, as we know about Al, he's a by-the-book kind of guy. Oh, yeah. Right? Yes. He he's a, he's a, a, he plays by gen- gentlemen's rules. Mm-hmm. Of course. Um, he's read the entire book for pump- from the Pumpkin Racing Council of Manhattan Beach, California. Folks, I've been to Manhattan Beach. If ever there was a town that was serious about pumpkin racing, it's Manhattan Beach. Guess what? It's a real thing. Oh, holy shit. I was being facetious. There actually is a thing. <laughs> I guess why And guess the- what? They had one last month. <laughs> what? Oh, fuck. I wish we'd started this podcast like a month and a half sooner so we could I could have gone to it and, and reported live. <laughs> Truman, I think we need to enter ourselves into the competition next year oh shit it's nothing but dads and their sons or their their children <laughs> racing pumpkins the competition is nothing we're gonna beat the shit out of them they are we gonna have any idea what's coming for them are we gonna put an engine in our pumpkin the, a thing no one else has <laughs> thought of <laughs> perhaps listen i'm just saying i'm really bad at carving pumpkins and i very desperately wanted to do the pinewood derby when i was a kid but was not as an atheist eligible for the for the boy scouts so i couldn't do it so this would be a something that i have a lot of emotions tied up in and b a thing i'm not very likely to win at so you might have an emotional disaster on your hands here that's all right that's what friends are for we're gonna get through it and think how good you're gonna feel when you crush all those children oh my god if there's one thing we both don't like it's children being happy so uh i'd rather them be happy than sad and crying uh, okay except in this instance <laughs> it, except I will make ex- <laughs> it will make 14 children cry winning 
<laughs> the pumpkin race in Manhattan Beach. M- Manhattan Beach is far away from both of us. It's not our problem if the children <laughs> cry. So, yeah, but so Al has gone by the book. He's built to the specifications of the thing. Mm-hmm. His is purely powered by gravity. The track yeah. that they've got is surprising because it has a curve in it halfway. To, it goes down, and then on momentum, it takes them through this curve. Yes. D- does the real one have that, the one in Manhattan Beach that you've done the research on? I mean, Richard Karn hasn't built that one, um, so I don't think so. Yeah. Um, I'm looking right now. It looks like it just takes place on top of a hill. It doesn't look like there's oh. actually a track for it. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, then it's Okay. So so all bets are off pretty much. When you're doing it outside, I mean it's whatever the road is doing is is uh, <laughs> that's what the that's what the the pumpkins will follow. Yeah, I'm actually on their Facebook page looking through their gallery right now. Dude, these kids, they got no, they got nothing on us. Yeah. They're building their pumpkins right then and there. On they're the not day even putting of... any kind of preparation into it, no engineering skills. It's just like, you know what? I'm going to paint the blue stripe on mine. <laughs> okay, I think we're going to no. we're going to smoke these fools. Land and I say buy your buy your plane ticket now so we can work on the pumpkin together. But I think we're we're setting this out as a thing we're gonna do next year. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I, I got lost in Facebook. Uh, so okay, your question about the track is interesting. When they introduce the track, the camera pans up it, and when they say that Alice is powered by gravity, I got really confused because I'm like. It's gonna go up the track <laughs> through gravity. I didn't. I didn't get that they were gonna go did, to the top and drop it. Did, did you? Did you forget how gravity worked at the beginning of the episode? <laughs> well, they weren't. They didn't like start at the top of it and then go down to the finish line. They started at the finish line and moved their way up to the start. Like, okay, I, I think there's logic between behind getting that confused. There, look, there there is an argument to be had with the cinematographer of this episode about how they set up the shot versus what we're hearing. At the same time, I feel like the word gravity implies objects being pulled towards the ground. I, we don't need to get into this. We have a lot of episodes to discuss. Did you notice? You know what I want to get into? What do you want to get into? I want to get into the audience. They are so <laughs> fucking rowdy in this episode. They are over the top. They are apeshit insane. They are... Like, they are ready to boogie. It they was, want to tear this fucking place apart and bring home souvenirs. It, it's like it was free crystal meth and tequila day at ABC Studios. <laughs> everybody gets everybody gets a taster flight of both. I, I've never seen the audience so rowdy to the point that uh, at one point, Tim and Al are, um, Al has just revealed his pumpkin. Yeah. And Tim is about to do his. And there's a, an audience member who... Uh, right when Tim makes a fat joke, yes. some uh, some male audience member just goes, boo! <laughs> and Tim Allen, like, hesitates for a second. Like, he's going to deal with a heckler at the Laugh Factory. <laughs> yeah, you know, he actually gets yeah, it. They react it's a to split it. split second. Yeah, no, I, I remember, like, that's so... I've never seen that happen where the actors are actually reacting to how intense the live studio audience is. When, when they say the words pumpkin racing, someone in the audience yells, all right! <laughs> like do you think it's because they know they're gonna they're in for a treat because they can see that big ass track in front of them i i guess i mean i i, I don't know it's either that they they know they're in for a treat because they can see the track or there is just like maybe completely randomly someone from the manhattan beach pumpkin racing association happened to be here this day not knowing what they were going to film and just it just so <laughs> happened to be about exactly the thing that they wanted to do um this is like maury povich audience 
level yes. of like you 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 need like big beefy dudes in tight security t-shirts to be out there holding them back uh, and it feels like they're feeding off of it too because uh l gets a little spicy here <laughs> because when tim reveals his pumpkin with the motor in it the chainsaw motor um l's just like goes down uh, about the the book you know the 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 playbook about what can and can't be done he's like according to the pumpkin racing bylaws section one paragraph one word Word one one, (laughs) no engines allowed what are you doing tim for seven years you've been putting an engine in everything you can imagine and then you have an unfair advantage al is pulling out all the stops uh, here's the thing too. Okay, so Tim says, "Okay, well, what if I give you a head start?" And Al's like, "Okay, great." And he runs off, forgetting his pumpkin, comes back, gets whatever. They they drop it down, and Tim's goes off the track and and sets a fire. Presumably, I thought was going to burn down the whole place. Yeah. Um, doesn't. No, sadly. I don't. I don't. I don't know if it was intentional or not. But his pumpkin with a chainsaw motor in it crashes and burns underneath the chainsaw. Oh wow. I mean, maybe it's maybe it's some kind of homing function of the chainsaw motor. It's like if I'm gonna die, I want to die close to my kin. You know, it's like the chainsaw <laughs> boneyard. Uh, it's it's quite possible. Um, that's uh, yeah. I guess that's it for that scene. Do you the, have anything else? Uh, <laughs> the only other thing is that when Tim's pumpkin crashes and burns, a guy in an orange yeah. jumpsuit comes running out from backstage. Yes, to that's what I was gonna say. It. And it's just weird because normally on the show, when something catches on fire, either Al extinguishes it. <laughs> or or just they both stand there and look at it, and it's assumed that the response happens off screen. So I like that on this episode, <laughs> right. there is an inexplicable designated extinguisher. Uh, yeah, who is that guy? He's not credited. He doesn't have a line. I've never seen him before. You, you barely um, even see his face. He's just got orange coveralls on. <laughs> we get a pumpkin transition into the theme song. Um, welcome to theme song corner. Oh, my God. Truman, I just texted you what we're going to talk about this week. My mind has been blown already because I've been watching this theme song so many times, and uh, <laughs> and I just found a new thing that, uh, thanks to you sending this to me, that I had not noticed before. What did I send you? Give us you, your word pictures. You sent me a picture of the uh, the the credit for the actor who plays Mark on the show, who mm-hmm. I've been calling Taryn Noah Smith for all these years. Now he's credited... As Taryn Smith, something I didn't notice until this very second. I've watched five episodes now <laughs> with the new... Actually, no, I've watched six episodes because I watched the wrong fucking episode last week. So I've watched six episodes with the six new opening episodes. credits. And I still hadn't noticed that they lost the Noah entirely. Put it on an arc and uh, sent it out to sea. <laughs> yeah, uh, he he has broken the mold of the three kids with the three names and is just going by... Taryn Smith now. That's yep. um, a choice. Do you think it's to differentiate himself? Because all the other ones are three named uh, three named boys? Yeah, he's like, I'm getting confused in here with, you know, we can't have nine names for three boys. I mean, look, it's either that or it's just a factor of as he's gotten older, he feels like uh, the middle name doesn't suit him quite as well. And as someone who used to go by yeah. his middle name, uh, I then dropped it when I was about 16 years old. So maybe that's... Uh... You used to, wait, you used to go... By your middle name? I, I used I used to go by my middle name, which is Scott, up until I was 16, and then I was like, actually, you know what? Call me Truman, um, which is my actual first name. I thought we talked oh my about God. this. You didn't know that I used to go by Scott? 
I know I did. I did know that. I thought Scott was your real first name. No, no. And so I have moments just like walking around my kitchen making omelets every once in a while. Just go, oh, yeah, I have a friend named Scott that doesn't go by Scott. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, hey, I don't know what it is about omelets that makes you think about what my what names I used to go by in the past. And no, my legal first name is Truman. I was I was doing it different. Like I was going by a unconventional name before when I asked to be called hmm. Scott. Well, okay. So now you have real world experience with this. Maybe you can answer my question, which is, um, well, what is your perspective on him dropping the Noah and keeping the Smith? I mean, well, Smith is his is his last name so he probably wants to like still be associated with the rest of his family i mean i didn't yeah but drop you know caps jonah no. hill that's not his real name paul rudd that's not his real name i mean you go with a name that rolls off the tongue a little more to me taron noah is a, a stronger actor name than taron smith maybe but maybe it wasn't career based maybe it was more just mm. like self-image based he sees himself as more of a Terran smith and less of a Terran noah smith it has nothing to do I with see. like what sounds strongest for the casting director so i'm trying to impress yeah he's like fuck this business i'm out of here i'm getting these hi residuals when i'm done baby exactly i'm not getting back into acting yeah. i'm just going to start claiming my own identity the way that mark is doing in this episode and the way that the other two child actors on this show more or less did after the show was over as well um <laughs> another thing that i notice about this shot you know because they have the three the, the three different shots uh, or they've got the background behind them with three <laughs> different frames what sorry sorry i don't mean it distract <laughs> do you think it's it's weird for me i i my mind is doing mental calculation now do you think there's a chance that jtt goes by the name of John Thomas now? <laughs> I hope not, because I feel like that's like English slang for penis. <laughs> I don't, and I don't want that for him. Uh, that's look, perfect. Look, look, so, so the, the point is, they got these three frames behind Taron Smith here, who I'm going to call yes. by the name that he wants to be called by. Okay, and it's, right. One of the youngest mark, another of the intermediate mark, but then also in yep. the background, they have a bunch of dominoes in mm -hmm. in the background. I know mm -hmm. that we, and you know, in the past, it's been, we've theorized that, oh, Mark is the best gamer. That's why he has the high score oh, yeah, in the right. video game themed uh, segment of the previous iteration of the opening credits. Maybe yes. the dominoes are a throw, like, dominoes is one of the oldest games there is. Maybe it's uh, it's a reference to the fact that Mark is still the game master. I like that idea, actually, a lot. Because would you, and we'll get to it at some point during Theme Song Corner, but... Um, what you see behind Randy and Brad um, are things that either have appeared in previous iterations of the theme song in accordance with them or has something to do with them on the show. Yeah. Dominoes really have nothing to do with Mark on the show outside of the games. So maybe that is. I, I like that. Yeah. I mean, of course, I think the only thing the dominoes have to do with Mark's character, at least in this episode, is he likes to set things up and then let them all fall where they may. <laughs> fall where they may. Cool. That's all I got. Um, That's all I got. Have you got anything else about Taron <laughs> Smith here? Uh, no, I just uh, I, I do like he's like uh, you don't see you know there's no theme songs anymore, so you don't. Although I will say uh, on a side note, uh, I was introduced to this TV show. You may have heard of it called Law and Order SVU. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think that rings a bell. 
I'd never seen an episode before. I was visiting uh, my friend in Omaha, and we just vegged out, and she introduced me to Law & Order SVU. That show is still on, still making new episodes. One of the only shows I can think of that has a theme song to it. Is it also... Wait, no. It's it's the CSI shows that have the Who songs as their theme, right? Did at one point. Yeah. I, I think they've been truncated to just like one Roger Daltrey scream. Yeah! <laughs> and then the, the logo, and then it goes to commercial. I guess that fits. That fits. So the theme song for, is this just a... And a lot of shots yeah, of like but it goes through cop cars? It it has, exactly. It, it has the like the 90s theme song where it's like a montage of cops, you know, putting cuffs on people and bringing them in and like the, uh, you know, whatever. It just it shocked me that there was still a theme song out there, which goes back to my point about Taron Noah Smith here. Taron Smith, my bad. Uh, where I love that he's doing the the cliche like he's kind of walking away from the camera, then notices it and turns over his shoulder and smiles and nods at it. Oh, hey there! Didn't notice you. I'm Taron Smith. <laughs> it's a classic theme song pose. Yes. People only pose like that when they're being introduced at the beginning of a show. No, that 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 pose does not occur in nature. <laughs> oh lord. Um let's go to the kitchen, shall we? Yes, let's go to the kitchen. What happens? A lot in the is happening here. A lot yes. of a lot of a lot of action going on here. A lot of stuff. Um Brad is on the phone when we enter the kitchen. Uh he is getting invited to a Halloween party and Jill says, "Hey, you know, uh Mark doesn't have any plans for Halloween. Why don't you bring him?" And he's like, "I'm going to bring the food, not the dip." Hey. Uh <laughs> Randy's also at the refrigerator getting some food and uh Jill says, "Well, Randy, aren't you and Lauren going to a costume party? Why don't you take Mark?" Um and uh he says, "No, thank you." and leaves. And Tim comes in. He's still kind of butthurt from losing to, to Al. And uh, uh, he and Jill start talking about um, Mark and how he's kind of moping around and that they don't like their his weird new friend, Ronnie. Um, meanwhile, Mark and Ronnie come in as if on cue. Yep. Mark is now fully assuming black costume and uh, says that the two of them are making a movie that they'd uh, love them to be, uh, Tim and Jill, to be in it. And Jill kind of reminisces, oh, I haven't been in, in uh, I haven't acted since I was in high school, which is only a few years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and makes a joke, and we get this kind of black hole that is Ronnie's personality. Um, and uh, Ronnie and, and Mark go upstairs, and Tim just says, well, you know, I'm just glad that he's finally interested in something. And that's kind of the the scene so far. T- yes, Tim also says uh, he. Tim ends the scene by saying, "Well, I won't do nude scenes unless it's integral to the plot," which I thought was funny. <laughs> um, yeah, he, he's excited to work, but uh, you know he has to have his contract stipulations. <laughs> yes, uh, and we do get a Tim's contract transition out of the scene. Um, yeah, no nude scenes. Unless it's integral to the plot. Uh, I left the best line. Thank you. Every once in a while on this show, a line will come out that rings through space and time. And I I can hear your reaction um, as if I was sitting next to you on the couch still. Again, I I was... I, a, I wish that we had been on the couch so you could see me react to this. B, again, I woke up early to watch this episode. I started my day with it. I don't drink coffee, but if I did, hearing Randy say to his parents uh, in re his and Lauren's couple's costume, 
We're going as the scariest people we could think of. Republicans. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. I want you to describe in, in grueling detail your reaction to that line. I, I stood up and from my seat. <laughs> I, I, I pressed pause on, on my PlayStation controller with my big toe because I had it sitting on the ground because it was charging. Pressed pause so I didn't miss any more moments. I set my laptop down because it was on my lap and I was just pacing back and forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So before you could even get your immediate joy out, you had to go through a number of methodical steps. I, it was like It was like muscle memory, though. It was like closing your eyes when you sneeze to keep your eyes from popping out of your head, which I'm sure is what actually happens. Like, I just, I, like, my body knew I had to do this because I was going to react so strongly, but I I was, (laughs) I was pacing back and forth in my room, pumping my arms in excitement, and, uh, and and I said out loud, that boy's my best friend, because, because Randy's (laughs) my best friend. I really, (laughs) I really love that they are leaning into not only Randy as the countercultural activist, but also Randy as the straight up liberal. Like I just, yeah. Yes. I just like, because also it's funny to get a joke like that on a show like home improvement, which now has kind of a just vague reputation as being conservative based on Tim Allen's beliefs and, and a show that is, this is the most political it's ever gotten is that joke. <laughs> And it's well, just- yeah, I mean, until uh, before this, the the closest was uh, during taps when yeah. Jill's Jill's mom's like, "I know you voted Republican or, or voted, voted Democrat. Democrat." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah so uh, I, I, yeah, yeah. Randy's my best friend. It was a really good. It was a really good <laughs> bit. I honestly, I'm trying to place now in my head, like, where were we in the Bill Clinton impeachment? Like, was this had it happened? Or like, how low did the Republicans have to get that home improvement felt safe taking a shot at them? Um, anyway, so this scene had one of those moments for both of us, Yeah, (laughs) because you get that line and I get the line of Mark is coming in and saying they're going to make a movie. And he says, we're making a horror movie. (laughs) And like my favorite character is coming in dressed like I dressed in high school saying that he's going to make a movie, which is something that I tried to do for many years. Oh yes. And not only that, but he's going to make my favorite type of movie. So... I jumped off the couch with my arms in the air saying, Mark, you're my best friend. <laughs> I'm glad that we've I'm glad that we've made such good friends in the process of making this podcast. And it's a shame that they're <laughs> fictional characters from like thirty years ago. Um oh, oh, yeah. Truman, I just I just got a flash forward in my head of Mark's movie and it tickles <sighs> me right now and I can't wait to talk about oh, it. <laughs> okay. Have you got have we got more from uh, I mean like I'm trying to think what else from this scene, like they're I mean, okay, let's talk about Ronnie for a second because yeah. he he's he's this is the third appearance of him. I'm glad um, he's recurring. Uh, me too. Me too. Uh, I love that they're like you never speak more than two words at a time. Yep that that's your character thing, and he still has a presence as if he's a senator, Jason. Yes. Yes. And so <laughs> Jill Jill makes this joke of like, oh, I haven't acted since I was in high school. That was just a few years ago. And then she looks at Ronnie, and then he's just, like, straight-faced, and she goes, that was a joke. And he just, like, the perfect timed pause goes, good one. <laughs> <laughs> it was so fucking funny to me. It It's great because Tim and Jill unapologetically roast Ronnie the entire—well, I mean, it doesn't— <laughs> 
like yes when he's out of the room but also when he's in front of them they are always roasting him but that ronnie a does not care about it at all and b roasts them back mercilessly (laughs) with fewer words more economically is really uh beautiful to me uh yeah and seemingly without you know as much effort you know he he doesn't even have to strain a muscle in his face it's like it's like at the end of the matrix when neo is fighting agent smith with just like one hand blocking all and agent smith is very angrily punching at him and neo doesn't even care it's like he's not there he's just viewing tim and jill in green ones and zeros and 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 just like neo he's wearing all black i'm just saying ronnie is the one two years before the matrix year and a half year and a half yeah um I also like that Tim and Jill are kind of this is this starts a, a, an aspect of Tim and Jill in this episode that I love and we don't get enough of it uh, in this show, which is them being on the same page yes. and joking with each other like and not in like a, a malicious prank way or, you know, that they're teaming up against someone. It, this is just like good old. We love being married and joking around with each other. Uh, yeah, moments like these really just kind of... Uh, we've asked so often in previous seasons, why are these two together? Jill, what are you doing? And moments <laughs> like these, it's like, oh, okay, it makes sense. You two have a shorthand with one another. You have the same kind yeah. of sense of humor. Because when, when Ronnie leaves, they both, like, Jill gets up from the, the couch, <laughs> or from the, the chair, and she's, like, making this, like, yeah, she's like crossing, crossing her eyes and stumbling like Frankenstein, kind of. <laughs> and Tim's doing the same exact thing. I, um, I, I think it, it, no, it also, it also, I think, to a certain degree, speaks to just the, the friendship and, and working relationship that Tim Allen yes. and Patricia Richardson have, that they both are just, <laughs> these are two very good actors who have worked together for a long time and know how to play off of each other well. One more point I want to make in the scene because it, it sets up Tim through this episode, which is like, where the fuck has this Tim been? I love you. I, so I, this is this is where I write, you know, in my my middle school creative writing notebook. I wish that my, you know, if any TV parents could be my real parents, it would be Tim and Jill from Home Improvement. It's episodes like this where Tim is excited for Mark. Yes. And compliments him and yes. he's like it's so great that he finally has an interest <laughs> i'm excited that he wants to do a horror movie um like he is 100 percent supportive of mark through this whole episode I, I i love it this is really like one of one of my favorite tim episodes in terms of just tim being a good dad and yeah. um i yeah i i've got more to say on it later as, as me too me on. too okay we get a uh a Transition of a piece of paper on the screen that says no nude scenes unless it's still to the plot that gets ripped off and we're taken to a little bit later. Um, Mark is already starting to film his movie. Truman, you want to walk us through what that is? Yes. So they're, uh, you know, filming at home. <laughs> what? I'm, already, I'm already thinking of the scene and it's making me laugh. So, so they're shooting the scene. Jill is in a housewife apron baking cookies and Tim comes home in a suit and they're doing really over-the-top kind of leave-it-to-beaver 50s acting like, Honey, I'm home. Tim kind of talks like this when he's acting. <laughs> and uh, then, you know, they're they're talking about how, oh, he had such a good day at work. And, oh, have a cookie, honey. And let's have our perfect children down. And then Brad, uh, dressed in full football pads, comes down and is talking to them about how he scored the game-winning touchdown. And Randy in, like glasses and a little suit of his own talking about how he's like the smartest kid at school and got nay on the test 
And uh, yeah, they're all just this super wholesome family doing a very over-the-top bit. And then Mark and Ronnie call a cut, and that's great. And they go out back to <laughs> shoot some more. And then Jill kind of frets to Tim that, well, what if the movie's bad? I mean, Mark's going to be so devastated if that happens. And they're also a little confused because this seems like it's supposed to be a horror movie, but nothing horrific has happened yet. <laughs> they clearly haven't seen the movie Parents yeah. <laughs> with Randy Quaid, directed by Bob Balaban. What the fuck? Bob um, Balaban? Indie darling Bob <laughs> Balaban? <laughs> yes. Hmm. Bob Balaban directed this incredibly weird movie called Parents where Randy Quaid and I can't remember the actress are playing a pair of murderous parents who have this kind of 50s facade to them and it's kind of like similar to what they're doing here where it's like you can't trust the nuclear family bullshit they're all putting on a front because deep down inside they're all murdering each other wow that's something that, something in the home is killing the children let's put it that way that's that's really twisted to suggest that maybe beneath the veneer of a perfect suburban life uh, there's something a little darker going on no no <laughs> movie or tv show has ever broached that topic and i'm i'm glad that they did well this one does it in a way that's Unlike anything you've seen, it's a bizarre movie. Hmm. Okay, let's talk about Mark's movie. Yes, and let's. the acting of each of the characters within characters. Uh, it's it's like uh, it's like when you uh, go out and sleep in a tent and consume a bunch of weed brownies because it's high camp. <laughs> I can't even I can't even tell you to fuck off for that. I love it so much. Thank you. Thank I, I'm you. In such a good mood. Um the We should watch this episode char- every week. Why don't we watch I might. like yeah, this should just this should just be this episode work. I'm I'm gonna watch every episode and then watch this as a palette cleanser just to put me in a good mood. Um each of the characters are playing so Tim is playing Jim, mm-hmm. Jill is playing Lil. Uh, Brad is playing Chad and Randy is playing Andy. Uh, it's um, it's funny because Brad is a total Chad to use the current uh, internet lingo for it. One hundred percent. And they're all coming down. You know, they're caricatures, right? Yeah. I mean, Brad is in full football gear. Randy has the nerd glasses on with a blazer. Uh, Jill has an apron on, and Tim takes off his his suit jacket and puts on like a Bob. Ho- uh, I'm sorry, Bing Crosby sweater. Um, yeah to like you know relax in and uh the choices that they make in this it it is supposed to be high camp and fun but like even within that uh they're doing things that are so fucking funny to me Jill is offering everyone a cookie right and yeah. so when Brad goes through his like oh I scored the winning touchdown and all the team loves me and we won the championship <laughs> And she's like, oh, that's so great. Have a cookie. And he's wearing a football helmet. (laughs) And he takes the cookie and, like, it's not even drawn attention to. It's shot in a full shot with all four of them. And he, like, realizes he can't fit the cookie in through the mouth guard of his helmet. It's really good. Like, when when he's picking up the cookie and the scene is continuing, I'm watching, like, wait, how's he going to get the cookie in his mouth? He's got the mouth guard in (laughs) front of it. He doesn't know. He's he's like bouncing the cookie off of it because he tries a couple times. And I'm like, this is some good work here. This is some business (laughs) from an actor. Uh, Then let's talk about (laughs) what happens when 
Andy says, uh, that's right. I, I don't even remember what his whole thing was. Like, oh, he's got accepted into Harvard and all the Ivy League colleges, every single one of them that are on the West Coast. And he's, every every, every know, school in the Western Hemisphere or something like that. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, that he's just the smartest kid in the world, and Jill offers him or Lil offers him a cookie, uh, but but Chad like smacks Andy on the back and says, "Good job, bro!" And then they hug, and then like Randy, <laughs> oh yeah, jumps up. He's like carrying him in this like swinging hug. It was so fucking weird. He, and he funny. He jumps up on him and like wraps his legs around his waist, <laughs> almost like like you see that you see the footage of like wives greeting re- their husbands returning from Iraq or something, and they run at them on the airfield like that. It's very, it's like they told them to be over the top, and they yes. just ran with the note, and they went with the first take. I, oh, it's so good. It the, this whole bit it puts me in mind of my favorite movie Boogie Nights when we first we finally see <laughs> Mark Wahlberg and Julianne Moore who are both incredibly good actors in real life as these mediocre actors in this porn movie yep. like them fake acting as bad actors and you think about the layers of like illusion that you have to go through in your head to perform <laughs> that and and, and <laughs> I, it's very funny to see them all to, to see what these people who are all professional actors think acting is it yeah i i, I enjoy it it's very it's a very fun moment it is uh, so i want to talk a little bit about some of the stuff surrounding this as well so after they they kind of wrap that scene um mark and ronnie go outside to set up the next shot that they're going to do and Jill just, you know, immediately goes, oh, my God, don't you think that was a little over the top? And she's this is beginning her worry about the film. And she's like, I thought this was supposed to be a horror film. And Tim, like, immediately steps in. Oh, my God, this moment of Tim just, like, really warmed my heart where he's like, I thought it was pretty good for a first shot. I mean, I think he's got some talent. I'm like, <laughs> good fucking God, where is that, Tim Ben? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Like, he no concern whatsoever that this isn't related to sports or cars. He's just happy that his right. kid likes something. Yeah, and he's sticking up for him. But the point I want to get to is, like, within the universe of Home Improvement, they are acting in a way that Mark is directing them. Like, as Wilson says in the next scene, or a few scenes later, he knows exactly what he wants. And, like, based on what we see of his film in a minute here, (laughs) and I cannot wait to get to it. Oh, boy. um, uh, Based on what we see, like, he he does know what he wants. This the character of Mark knows what he wants, and he's getting exactly. He's somehow eliciting his parents and brothers, non actors, to give the exact performance that he wants, and it's really really impressive to me yeah. that they're able to do that. It, it, you know, Mark is a little auteur. What can I say? <laughs> uh, one last little Easter egg. Well, no, two things. Two two more notes for the scene. They're quick. Yes. One a little Easter egg. Ronnie holds up the clapboard uh, before they start the scene. Did you happen to see uh, what movie they're filming? I, I I was too busy looking at like camera by Mark, directed by Mark. <laughs> no, I didn't see. Well, what's it called? Taylor House. Taylor House. Now, okay. if you remember, the haunting there was of an, uh, Hall- Halloween episode called "The Haunting of Taylor House." Okay, okay, all right. Little flashback, and that episode was Ooh. also pretty over the top and horror movie influenced. <laughs> <laughs> little little Easter egg there. Um, okay, I have to take Brad to task. Uh, at the end of this, 
when Tim is sticking up for Mark and saying, you know, I think I think this is going to be pretty good. I think he's talented. Brad says, what would you know? Your favorite movie is uh, uh, Abbott, Abbott and Costello, Costello. Frankenstein. Yeah, which, like, I don't think that's a burn, because isn't that regarded as a pretty good movie? <laughs> it's regarded as one of the best uh, monster movies and probably responsible for the popularization of the horror comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Even though it did kind of single-handedly, you know, uh, uh, put an end to all of the universal monsters by making them kind of a parody of themselves. But um, among the universal monster lovers, it's a well-regarded film. It's a beloved film. And yeah. it is a funny fucking film. Yeah. Well, okay, so yeah. what I'm saying is check yourself, Brad. You wrecked yeah. yourself. <laughs> Brad, needs to, Brad needs to step off for a second. And in fact, I have I have more respect for Tim for loving that film. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, that's a lot better than Bayonet Hill and a lot better than any of those Hitchcock instructional films that he loves so much. <laughs> oh, we got some more Hitchcock coming up here. We get a cauldron transition to the backyard. Yes. And yeah, so yeah, t- tell us, Landon, what's happening out back? It's a pretty short scene. Um, Tim is rehearsing some lines, but his voice is a little muffled because he has a nylon over his face or a gigantic con- condom. I wasn't quite certain which was which, but to to uh, to to quote the convenience store attendant in Raising Arizona when Nicolas Cage comes in with one of these over his face, son, you got a panty on your head. <laughs> And that is indeed how I have it written in my notes because I don't know the actual word for it. I just kept saying, uh, out a back, Tim, Tim is wearing a panty on his head. Jill is behind him, comma, also a panty on her head. <laughs> that, is, that is perfect. Um, and they're, they're kind of rehearsing their lines and lo- checking each other out in their costumes. And again, they just have this like fun little game with each other. There's no, no conflict between them. There's no, there's nothing. There's just like, they're laughing at each other's face. <laughs> it, it reminds me up in this panty. It, it reminds me a little bit of last year's Halloween episode where they're both like, they debut a bunch of different Halloween costumes and there's just a bunch of scenes of them. In co- like <laughs> her with the egg on her head and him as the chicken or something like that, and them just standing there talking to each other, looking like that. I'm sorry, go on, go on describing the scene to me. I'm, I'm interrupting. Okay. Um, moments later, Wilson comes out dressed as uh, what he claims is a mad scientist, but is really like a mashup of both Dracula, the Invisible Man, and Frankenstein, the scientist, not the monster, all wrapped into one. And Steven um, Seagal a little bit too. <laughs> With the hair hair slicked back. That's 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 Frankenstein. That that comes from Victor von Fra- Frankenstein. Sure. Um the oh, so he's talking about Mark. He just finished up his scene, um, and he compliments Mark saying it's very clear he knew what he wanted. Uh they ask him, Well, do you know what this movie's about? <laughs> and Wilson's like, No, not really. Um and they this is where Will uh Jill kind of says, Well, you know, uh, is Mark okay? He's kind of kind of weird. And Wilson, you know, predictably launches into, well, my parents thought I was an odd duck. And that's that's really all we get of the scene. <laughs> my parents thought I was an odd duck, and look at me now. And this does not allay any of Jill's concerns. <laughs> Jill, Jill kind of, yeah, turns her face away in concern, yeah. Um, anything anything for uh, for that 
little scene you want to dive into? Not really a lot. Uh, Wilson is holding a a beaker full of red liquid that he holds up in front of his face (laughs) to block it. Also, just Mm -hmm. all these shots of Jill and Tim peering over the fence, wearing the panties on their head, having a relatively serious conversation (laughs) with Wilson it's just yep. it's just gold, man. It's just treasure. It's just a whole bunch of treasure here in this episode. <laughs> and we haven't even gotten to the rich. This, this is the gold that's spread out in the mouth of the cave in Aladdin. Uh, we haven't even gotten to the center of the treasure yet. <laughs> yes, yeah, true. We're not even rubbing that lamp. <laughs> um. Okay, a little bit later, Tim uh, comes home. He's got his uh, pumpkin racer car. He's modified it. He thinks that he can beat Al again. He thinks that Al cheated. Uh, he's going to go look at the the old tool time tapes because he thinks that somewhere in the past, Al has rigged this this track that, you know, the Gordorama. Yeah. Uh, he's rigged it somehow to to make Tim lose. Um so they go over to the entertainment center and start going through all kinds of uh, different t- – Tool time tapes, um, and they, you know, finally land on one. They're like, well, this isn't tool time. What is this? And they realize it's Mark's movie uh, up to this point. It's not finished yet. And so they say, well, we shouldn't watch it. We told them we wouldn't, but, you know, uh, we're gonna. And they do. (laughs) Oh, do they? Um, I want to stop there, even though it's in the middle of the scene, to say, do you have anything on that part so far? Uh, only thing I have to say is so okay. Well, well, first when they're going through the other tool time tapes, Jill is shouting out a bunch of things that actually happened, like how to fix a how to fix a water heater, how to blow up a house, how to lacquer a table, how to glue a board to your head, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It, it was all callouts to previous tool time episodes and moments where we we've seen those in previous seasons. Uh, and the only other bit uh, that I would say is that I, I'm not a hundred percent sure why, if the film is still like in the editing process, why Randy would export it to VHS and then keep the VHS on the shelf with his family's other movies. I'm not trying to poke um, holes in a perfect episode of home improvement. I'm just saying, we'll it. tell you what, buddy, you can try to poke holes all you want. Uh, but I'm going to tell you that ain't, there are no holes to poke. Yeah. This is 1997. So this is before digital editing was available, especially in high schools. You had to edit those things by hand over analog VHS tape, VHS to VHS tape. Oh, so this is when you have the two VCRs going and you're stopping and starting. Yes, exactly. Oh, okay. There there were big analog machines. Like, that's how we filmed or edited our first machine. Damn, really? Uh, Edited our first movie was uh, on a machine to machine. God almighty, a deck, tape deck to tape deck machine um, that was specifically designed for that. Okay, okay. I My my youth has once again host, hosted me on my own petard. Uh, so, um, <laughs> look, we both know what we want to talk about here. Like, unless you've got anything. Uh, well, I, there there is, but I, I there is one more thing I have to mention. One, yeah. one more thing. Yeah. I have been waiting for the moment to mention this, mm-hmm. but... I want to say for almost over a season now, Seanzilla has been gone. What? He's disappeared. No one can find him. Oh, shit. Wait, no one can He's, find him? You've consulted other he, people about this? I have. I put an APB out on on Seanzilla, and no one has seen him. I mean, he should be pretty easy to find. He is rather massive. You'd think so, but he's not on the, the fireplace anymore. Mm. Um, but he makes an appearance here. He is peeking out from behind the TV when Tim and Jill are putting the tapes in the VCRs. 
Even he he had to come back for this. He had to see Mark's feature <laughs> film debut. Oh my goodness. Um I love it. I, I just love to see a good chunzilla. Let's get to it. I, okay. I was I wanted to savor this. So I you know, we're here, we're gonna talk about it now, and I am going to bask in all of its glory. They put the tape in and they start watching Mark's film. It oh. starts with uh, a little bit of the scene that they had filmed um, in the kitchen with Brad and Randy, and it's all in black and white, just like an old horror movie. Very and classy. Tim is very excited by by that. Um, then <laughs> I this is the proudest moment I've had watching this show. <laughs> It does a kind of whip pan away from the the family looking right at the camera saying how how great of a family they are. And it whip pans to Mark (laughs) standing in a black room with a white window slightly askew behind him well a, a piece of a piece of set design that is really good and really sophisticated for whatever high school ass setup he's working with he is giving a narration that is a perfect hybrid between rod serling and alfred hitchcock yes <laughs> talking about it was a perfect family <laughs> but uh i you know i me the youngest son clark I have a plan, and soon they'll be sorry, very sorry. He gives kind of a, a wicked smile. We we cut to uh, Tim and Jill <laughs> just staring slackjaw at the screen. Not sure, because they have not seen any of this footage yet, and they're just like, what the f- What are we watching? <laughs> we just... Opened up the diary of a madman. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, they are. They're terrified of what Mark has in store for them. Um, cuts back to the next scene where Mark is as Clark uh, visiting the mad scientist and asks them for a potion, a potion that will turn his family into the hideous creatures that uh, they think he is. Yes. And we see Wilson uh, as the mad scientist say, playing, you know, the maniacal character that he played in the dream sequence I, last season. I was thinking about I was getting more vibes of of Wilson, the the mad scientist. Clearly, cle- clearly Earl Hindman likes this bit and wants to do this bit more often. I am bummed that we didn't get an actual character like that of him while he was alive. Oh, um. So he he gets uh, Earl Hinman, uh, uh, Wilson uh, as Doctor Wilsonstein uh, calls in um, his assistant to bring him potion number six, <laughs> and <laughs> we get a Dutch angle uh, as L comes traipsing in, hunchback with warts all over his face. Al uh, Gore, saying, <laughs> thank you, Al Gore. <laughs> <laughs> um, hands it okay. All right, I'm gonna skip over a few of the details because I want to talk about them in a second, but yeah, uh, gives him the potion, and um, Mark goes back home and he's like, I have delivered the potion to my, my parents who've turned them into hideous zombies, and now I have the house all to myself. Well, almost by myself, and then Heidi comes out and sits next to him, uh, and 
asks, you know, the, Tim and Jill wearing the panties on their head starts banging on the windows, and Heidi goes, well, what are you going to do with them? And Clark says, well, I think I'm going to kill them, or something to that degree. To say goodbye to them forever. Say goodbye to them forever. Yeah, I guess kill them would have been a little harsh even for this episode. <laughs> kind, kind of on the nose. I mean, even for a first screenplay, that's that, you know, show don't tell, Mark. <laughs> um, okay. Let's talk. Uh, okay, so when Al Gore, okay, let's first off just say, uh, uh, Igor Al Gore, the vice president at the time that they were making this was named Al Gore, uh, that to me is funny, I, and the fact that there's, I guess this is too early for, for him to say something about, and I invented the internet, uh, but when Al Gore and Dr. Wilsonstein are talking, they oh, have their faces my. pressed so close together that their noses are touching and they're like their rubbing noses against are each other. Straight up fucking touching each other. It's <laughs> how how do you <laughs> Richard Karn launches into the frame at such a high velocity and just smashes his nose up against Earl Hanman's nose. How they got through any take of that, I don't care if you went through fifty I don't know how you do that without cracking a smile. The only way they could get... I, I must just assume that Richard Karn had a beloved family member die on the day they were shooting that, and that's how he was able to not burst out laughing when he just shoves his face right up into Earl Hindman's face like that. And they do every line with their noses Eskimo kissing. Oh, it's so good, dude. It's so good. Uh, Also... Wilson, he's holding something up in front of his mouth the whole time, and I don't know yep. what it's supposed to be, but I'm looking at it, and I'm like, is this dude Frank Booth in it? Is he huffing, like, laughing yes, gas? Yes, he is. He, they're, That's they're, my they're, other they're, note. They're it's, doing a blue a... velvet on home improvement. <laughs> they are. There, There's no getting around it. It absolutely is a oxygen mask <laughs> that he is holding up to his mouth. <laughs> the, you, you cannot deny that that's what it is. Oh, my God. It's... <laughs> Like this is this movie as someone who's watched and made a lot of crappy student films uh, like if I saw a student film made by a middle schooler that looked this good and had this much character yes. to it and verve I would just be like give this kid a scholarship to USC or or maybe some school that I don't 100%. hate as much like it, this, this is just, better than some USC thesis films I I would agree I would say this is better than the movie Crash or Argo uh it's just it's so <laughs> It it's got so much character. I I'm so ha I think part of why we like it so much is that we have so much invested in Mark. Like we're on some level kind of yes. like his dad's too because we've been watching him for this long, and it's like we're so proud of him for making something that slaps <laughs> this much. <laughs> well, and I just love the amount of references they pack into this thing. Like yes. as I said, it is it's very much a, a Hitchcock. Um, Rod Serling mashup when he's you know speaking directly to the camera and kind of dictating what you know, he's going to be doing. Um, and I don't think, <laughs> I would be curious. There's no one else to do it but us, but I'm not going to do it. To go back through the last six seasons of the show Oof. and do a word count <laughs> for how much Mark has said in the show. I think Mark speaks more in this one episode than he has in the entirety of the show up till now. And... <laughs> is able to like show off his chops. Like he he knows what's the the antiquated term that the kids are done using these days? He knew the assignment. Yeah, he knew the assignment. Yes. 
<laughs> and I, I think, yeah, if like the whole show really is just a prequel to this episode. Except watching Mark be downtrodden for seven years and then come out of his shell so spectacularly in this one. Oh my god, it just it is the best thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Um so upon his his like maniacal laughter with Heidi about killing his parents, knocking him off, uh the screen goes to white noise and Tim and Jill are just left standing sitting there not knowing what to make of it and and Tim just immediately launches into, "Oh my god, that was awesome." It, it's <laughs> so like so... one step away from Tommy Boy. <laughs> he's so so happy about the also I should point out Tim is super enthusiastic. The audience, this rowdy audience, is also going nuts. The audience yes. loves this movie. Um, but yeah, Tim is immediately just thrilled at the fact that he is like the villain in this movie and is going to get murdered by his son on camera. He he likes it so much. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Um, we get a little silhouette zombie transition, uh, and then we go to commercial, come right back to the exact same spot, and Tim and Jill continue their conversation. Um, Tim is so proud, but this really sends Jill into a tizzy. She is very concerned about Mark and what he might do to them. <laughs> yes. Yeah. She's talking about how, like, this is representative of how he feels about us and, like, we should be worried about that. Uh, they, and and Tim is pushing. Tim's pushing up against that, saying, "Oh, let's not read into it. You know, th- he's finally found something he's interested in. Let's not take that away from him." And you know, I think Jill has a point, but at the same time, you know, I kind of agree with Tim. It was just like, let, let, let it play out a little bit. <laughs> this is a case like this is an episode where I, I like. I don't think either party is out of line or exaggerated or being unreasonable. Yeah. I think it's awesome and incredible that tim is just tim sees this movie for the creative expression that it is and is so supportive and excited and proud of his son i i love 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 that i also think it is 100 percent understandable and and uh makes sense for jill to look at this and be concerned and upset by it (laughs) like both of those reactions make perfect sense flip a coin i'd probably have either one of those if i were a parent um but <laughs> you'd eat either eat either of those for breakfast yes <laughs> uh and i think that um I, I, there's just a lot an exchange they have here at the end of this scene where tim yep. goes he's finally interested in something let's not screw up something he's excited about and jill just goes he's excited about killing us and tim goes at <laughs> least it's something which is which is great and then runs off yes uh, it's um yeah we got to talk about the transition here, though. I know okay. we don't talk about transitions a lot. Not as much um, as we used to. The the love has gone out of our life. Here's the thing. I don't think this is... I've watched this a few times, because when I watched it the first time, I thought, that's aggressive and violent, and I don't like it. <laughs> wow. I don't remember at all what this transition is. I'll explain it to you, and then I've watched it over and over and over again, and... I want to walk through it for a second. Jill is standing there watching Tim. Her back's to the camera. Tim's running off upstairs. She's kind of looking toward the front door from the kitchen area. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, a figure cloaked, you know, in a green cloak runs in, puts a bag over her head, picks her up, and carries her off screen. Jesus. I was definitely looking down at my, my computer to take notes. And when I first saw it, I thought, my God, 
they they got the timing of it right and like the the bag that goes over her head felt so like they got the dimensions correct for one of you know these computer effects i've watched this about seven times i think this is a real thing that happened on set they they had they they were like okay okay pat just stand still we need to shoot this weird yes. thing for the transition that's a lot of planning because it's it's like the scene's end the scene ends and it looks like this figure isn't like blue screened in and the dimensions of the bag and the physics of the bag going over jill are too good to be animated yeah and the heft that of like it looks like he's picking up a real you know the weight of a real person and just backs into the camera to wipe it to black I think it's, I think Jill, I think Patricia Richardson got snatch and grabbed in this, <laughs> in this scene for real. I, I love how much commitment Home Improvement had to just doing weird transitions at this point. That, that it wasn't just like <laughs> the editors having flights of fancy. It was like, okay, guys, everybody, okay, we got to do 10 more minutes of shooting to make this work. We need to physically pick up one of the lead actors on the show. <laughs> we need to put a one of the lead actors in a burlap sack and carry her off set guys it's for <laughs> to end the scene it's it's for it's for the scene transitions it has to happen it's integral to the show that the scenes transition in a zany and eccentric way if we ever interview patricia richardson which will never happen but if we ever did that is going to be at the top of my list to ask her about if we if we ever interview Patricia Richardson, we'd have to release it as like a three hour long documentary because we would ask that lady a lot of questions. And ma'am, if you're listening, uh, none of I, which she wants to answer. Yeah, well, ma'am, if you're listening, also we'll we'll interview on whatever terms you want to be interviewed on. Seriously, we'd, we'd just be happy to talk. Um, okay, we go to the next scene. Uh, it's time for the big scene where Jill and Tim are gonna be killed. Yes. So. Um, it's the backyard. There's lots of fog. The candles are lit. There's a whole uh, altar set up with the family photos and blood dripping down them. And uh, Jill's kind of looking over all this scared. There's lightning effects, and they look down and see a basket in front of the executioner stump to see Brad and Randy's head in there. Yep. Tim is so excited about all of this and bends down to, like, touch the wax head of randy and brad and find out oh nope that's really them yeah <laughs> like in a well okay i'm gonna i'm gonna save my commentary for after this but yes um so <laughs> uh they let brad and randy out and um they uh start to go okay we're gonna we're gonna shoot the scene where tim gets killed mm-hmm. and Mark um, holds Tim down in front of the the executioner's block, picks up a blade, a big old machete, and um, t- <laughs> he he holds it in front of the camera right before Jill says, "Let me let me take a look at that thing," and realizes that it's not plastic; it's a real thing. And Mark's just like, "Okay, well, it's just for this one shot. I want to make sure that we get the light glistening off it." Um, and he. Brings it up over his head, and as he's about to bring it down, Jill just yells out, "Cut!" and uh, says, Huge. "Mark, we need to talk to you inside right now." And then they they go inside. So I want to stop it there before we get to the second part of the scene uh, to see what your thoughts are on just that part. Only the director is allowed to yell "cut," and and the director doesn't <laughs> like it if someone else yells "cut." So folks, don't <laughs> don't do it, and then say Jill Taylor did it uh, because they won't take kindly to that. Uh, yeah. The- Okay, so 
again, the, I think another the uh, the main thing kind of in this first bit of the scene is Jill is now completely freaked out by what's going on, and Tim is completely into it and one hundred percent enthusiastic. When mm-hmm. they have uh, 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 Brad and Randy's heads down there, and then yes. and you know, and then moments later we see that oh no, actually, like the this big section of like porch lifts up, and it's like a trap door that's been set up so that they can get their bodies underneath and then have their heads in the basket. Just uh, top notch. Yeah. First off, clearly Tim built this, right? Clearly Tim helped with constructing this. Like that's hugely Maybe. advanced. Uh, no, I well, I don't know. If he did, then you know, it feels like it would fall apart. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it feels true. Like something would go wrong, and he would actually lose his head here. Wouldn't it be great if Mark internalized all of Tim's construction lessons and was like, "Yeah, yes. but I'm only going to use it so that I can do my own set design for the fucked up movies I want to make." That. W- you asked me a very specific question, and I'll give you a very specific answer. Yes, yes, yeah. that would be amazing. I would love that. I would love that. Uh, <laughs> but then Jill is fretting about the fact, like, he, in this movie, he's decapitated his own brothers. And Tim goes, but he's decapitated his brothers in such a fun, creative way. <laughs> just, just beautiful. Tim's enthusiasm is infectious here, it's, it's for so sure. It's so good. It's so good. Uh, but but um, what, what do you got? What, what What's tickling your I got fancy? a couple things. Yeah. yeah, I got a couple things. One, um, I love there's almost a throwaway joke here where when Jill says cut, you know, Tim is already, you know, so much transpires so quickly of like she realizes it's a, it's a real uh, machete. Mark says it's just for this one shot. He holds Tim's head down and Tim's like, well, why don't we talk about this for a second? And then he like pushes his head down again. <laughs> like there's something fun about seeing Mark just asserting physical control over Tim. I'm like, this is this is part of the catharsis for me. <laughs> like, he's able to just take back his body from this show. After after so long of not even being on the show really, yes. now he is now he is pretty much holding hostage the star of the show. <laughs> uh how do you like your one liners now? Yeah. Um but the the joke is when Jill yells out cut and Tim has realized that this might be a dangerous situation, she goes cut and he goes, don't cut. (laughs) (laughs) It is good. It is excellent wordplay in that moment. Yeah. Um, And uh, a couple other things. Um, One, I like the uh, call out. I don't know if it's intentional, but the glint of the knife is a Jalo thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And I'm really on board with that. Like, that is a, a keystone shot of Jalo is the gloved hand holding the blade under the lights so you know how sharp and dangerous it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they probably, they probably would have gone even more all in on the Jalo if, uh, if, if Jillo hadn't uh, called cut. <laughs> I can't even get upset about that joke. Thank um, you, thank you. You got to be in this good of a mood every time we, re- we record. I can get away with everything. <laughs> Brad earlier makes fun of Abbott and Costello. Uh, did you write down the line that they that Brad and Randy say as they exit the scene? Uh, well, the the line that I had when they were leaving is like like if you were going to get executed, how would you yes. dress? And then Randy goes very slowly. <laughs> that is an Abbott and Costello joke for what? sure. Oh, okay, okay. So oh, I mean, yeah, I don't know like, if that's it's not actually uh, from I mean, the movie, but. A type of joke, yeah. Although I wouldn't be shocked if that was in one of their sh- one of their uh, uh, monster uh, comedies. It is a very shticky vaudeville kind of joke, which I which I like to yes. hear. Um, 
last uh, last note I have is when they're filming this and the the suspense of him raising the blade up over Tim's head, they've got like a killer soundtrack to it. The score is yeah. like the perfect blend of Psycho and Friday the Thirteenth. They're going right up to the edge of doing Psycho, and it's it's pretty yes. good. It's pretty good. <laughs> um, that's all I got. You want to go inside? Yeah, let's go inside. So. Tim and uh, Tim and Jill and Mark go in for a little conference, and uh, Jill just kind of talks to Mark about the content of the movie and how uh, concerned she is about it. And Mark is sort of upset with them that they've watched it before it was finished, uh, mm-hmm. and yeah, so they've just basically expressed. And Tim comes in and tries to kind of moderate this, but and Tim says to Mark right. pretty much that. Jill's concerned that the movie is really about how you feel about us, and if that's the case, then we'd want to just talk to you about it and make sure we're all okay, which I'm, I don't know, I just, the way that Tim articulated that is just like, wow, that's just such great fathering and parenthood like hey if yeah. if you're making this because you're upset with us i'm not mad at you let's just talk to make sure that we're being good folks anyway um <laughs> but so they they talk about it mark makes clear no i don't want to kill you i this is just you know this is just like what i'm into and and jill brings up that he's been quiet and withdrawn and he says i'm just that's how i am i'm quiet and withdrawn i'm not like brad and randy and they tim and jill say well no one's asking you to be like them and you know, and we're we're just it's taken us some time to adjust to how you dress and and get used to Ronnie, but we love you and we support you no matter what. And then they end with, "We're your parents and we're here to help." And Mark says, "You really want to help?" And they say, "Yeah." And Mark says, "Let me chop off your heads." And Jill says, oh, "No." And Tim says, "Okay, as long as it's okay with your mom." And it's fucking beautiful. It's fucking beautiful. Um. A couple notes I have yes. for this is, yes. uh, first of all, let's just acknowledge how great Mark's movie is, uh, to the point that Jill literally says, your movie's so good, it scared me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but the fact that they want to talk about the subtext of the movie. Yes. <laughs> a, a student film with subtext? What? What? <laughs> and uh, Mark is just like, it's just a movie. Um, I think Tara... Taryn Smith puts in a really remarkable moment uh, uh, performance rem- here. A remarkable performance. No. I'm not. I'm not going to give you that one. <laughs> so, so, no, no mood is that good. Okay, go on. <laughs> Where he, he, I'm trying to think of a way to articulate this that doesn't sound denigrating to his past performances, but like it, it's more been the writing on the show before where when he has a problem it comes off kind of whiny yeah um this is like you could see him going i'm not like that mm-hmm. you really feel him like claiming his identity in this speech to his parents like i'm not going to be like Brad and Randy and it feels like it's not okay sometimes for me to be that way um, but this is who I am. I, I'm withdrawn. You know, I'm quiet. I have different interests. Mm-hmm. And like, it's it's really, really like, this is the mark I've been waiting for since the pilot episode. <laughs> <laughs> He's been forming. The experiences we've been watching him go through made him into the <laughs> man he is in this episode. Kind of, yeah. Um, so I, just like the biggest kudos to Taron Smith for that and and the writers for giving Mark something to finally do and bring his his story up till now to a satisfying place. 
Um, I do want to say, Tim and Jill, to their <laughs> uh, their side of this conversation, say, you know, it's just, you know, it's weird to come down and see your kid dressing in all black. It's just going to take some time to get used to. And we're sorry if it's, you know, we we don't take so quickly to your friends. And uh, Mark's just like, well, you know, Ronnie, Ronnie's my buddy. He's my dude. And uh, you're going to have to get used to that. And they go, okay, well, we can get, we'll, we'll make strides towards getting used to you. It might take a little bit longer to get used to Ronnie. I, 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 and, I, uh, yeah. No, no, go on, go on. I want to cut you off. Well, I was going to say, it, it makes for a, a beautiful out to the scene because right when they say that, Ronnie opens the door to call them to their next, <laughs> to, to their death, basically. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> um, Tim and Jill kind of walk over to the door to go outside, you know, willingly to have their heads chopped off uh, for Mark. And uh, they don't trust Ronnie at all, still. And uh, as they walk to the door, <laughs> Tim kind of opens it for Jill. She steps outside, and he immediately closes it on her and goes upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's very funny. He's, he's going to his trailer. Uh, <laughs> I I just I just love this conversation between them that is just it's so honest in a way that i feel like you don't see on a lot of family sitcoms where it's just but but i don't know just real too and a kind of good parenting that i feel like we don't see enough on tv which is just them very openly going like we don't totally get you but we love you we want to support you if you're okay we're okay with it we're gonna try and get on board with your stuff yeah and just let me yeah. Point out a, a very specific thing to to support that, which is: Can you imagine in season three, Tim, the character of Tim, saying that and holding up Mark's hand and showing off the black nail polish? No, no, I can't at all. Yeah, it's not even possible. It, this, it's not possible. <laughs> this is like a this is like a different show from the show that we yes. were watching five four seasons ago. It's just even partly last season. <laughs> yes, honestly, true. I, Again, I've said this before. I think that when people say they love home improvement, they're really talking about the last two and a half seasons or so of the show. Because like, <laughs> that's be. really when it became a world-class sitcom. You know, you know, they do say that if you start big and you end big, you know, the middle doesn't matter as much, which, you know, whatever. But, I mean, it's like people will remember you fondly. Like, if you if you end strong and you start strong. Um, and that might be what we're looking at here, where Home Improvement, I think the first season, the first two seasons even, were really, really good. And if we're going to get two dynamite last seasons, man, I don't want to speak you know, too far <laughs> ahead here, but um, I, I hope that's the case. I, mean, I, I will walk away from the show with really fond memories, if that's the case. I, as will I, as will I. I just would say that this whole notion of the middle doesn't matter. Well, it really matters to the people making podcasts about your content if they have yeah, to spend like that's two true. and a half years slogging and being miserable before they get to be happy again at the end. Like, <laughs> like if you if you're a content creator, think please about the recap podcasters a few decades <laughs> down the line. Give give them something to look forward to in every episode, please. Oh, I did forget one thing, and I want to. This is very important to me. Yeah, what, what um, do you got? It happened a little bit before the conversation with Mark, and it was when Jill is outside looking over the set and getting a little concerned about everything. Uh, she tries to like reason with Mark and say, "Hey, you know, I know you're making a horror film, but you know, what if there was a twist and it had a happy ending? You do a little song and dance and a, a musical number." Um, I just I wanted it to be on record now. 
as foreshadowing for something we're going to see next season. Oh, little musical number, little happy ending. Okay, all right. I'm excited. I'm excited now for what for, for what. Will I think you remember that I mentioned this? <laughs> Probably not, because there seem to be a lot of things that happen on this show I don't remember. But in this moment, I know that you're mentioning it, and I am getting excited thinking about what comes next. <laughs> okay, maybe I can I can get our listeners to gang up on you if you if you don't remember. Uh, yeah, I mean it's pretty easy to get the listeners to gang up on me. I feel like I am the villain of the podcast. <laughs> I don't know if that's true at all. Um, okay, take us through the stinger. Uh, okay, so the stinger, we've got, uh, it, you know, it just starts with a close-up shot on Tim and Joel's faces in the uh, trick basket that we saw Brad and Randy's heads in earlier. They're severed dead heads. Mm-hmm. And uh, they get the shot, and it's like, cut, okay, that's great. Oh, let's just move the basket over and get this shot again. And so... Uh, Mark and Ronnie go over and pick up the basket and pick it up and start moving it across the lawn. And, oh, no, Tim and Jill's heads are just in it. And it's like they're not connected to anything. And Tim and Jill are both talking about how, like, oh, man, I just feel great. I don't have any of that back pain that I was having earlier. Oh, this feels so nice. <laughs> Which is a good bit. And then we go from that to some I... tool time outtakes. <laughs> I, I, I do love uh, that they ended it weird. Yeah. Always <laughs> go out weird. perfect, like... I, I'll I'll always you know give me that dark man ending. Uh, if you end weird, uh, you know it redeems something for the rest of the episode. It, to me, it was just like the the best little um, icing on the cake. It's it's this. It's the dark man ending with Tim's flaming body getting blasted <laughs> into the ocean, and it's Mike Tyson uh, unexpectedly showing up. Wait, no, George Foreman unexpectedly George showing Foreman. up to uh, to fight with Tim. Those are the three best weird endings we've had. <laughs> Oh, we get some outtakes. Tim flubs a line at tool time, and Jill flubs a line uh, in their conversation with Mark. Um, pretty fun. I like that uh, it, it gives you just, you know, we get to see the progression of the relationship between the actors. Like, you can really yeah. feel their love for each other. Mm-hmm. Um, Truman. Landon. What did we learn from this episode? Landon, what we learned from this episode is that we as humans use art mm-hmm. to explore ideas that sometimes can upset us or make us uncomfortable, but that that's normal. Mm-hmm. And it's unfair to try and draw conclusions about a creator's personality or mental state based solely on their content mm-hmm. viewed in a vacuum. It's so true. Yeah. It's so true. Yeah. Well, we're at it. Cineast, best boy, <laughs> cinematographer, nitrate film, gaff tape. Dolly uh, tracks. <laughs> you you really picked a lane and are sticking to it. Craft services. <laughs> um, I want to go through the uh, producer grunt count. Yes, zero. Ding 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 ding. ding. Correct. <laughs> zero grunts in this episode. <laughs> All right. All right. How, we have we only had one episode with grunts this season. Oh shit! I think we have, but that one had a bunch. So they really it had they, they, seven, like, right? Yeah, we've got huge grunt density in this season. <laughs> that is wild to me. Um, okay, do we go through the secret word, or I got a little something for our post sample this week? Let's do our let's do our secret word. Do the secret word. Okay. Um, 
how do you well okay let me let me ask you this uh which is something i feel like i should ask more often with these episodes how do you feel like this episode this halloween episode compared to the other halloween episodes we've gotten this is one of the all-time best i don't know if i love it more than the one with senator jason's party and i remember that i liked last year's a lot but this might be the best halloween episode we've had this one didn't take place in the attic Although it feels like that, remember when they they I think it was two seasons ago when they did the attic gag. Yeah, or was that last season? I think it was last season. No, I, I think it was because there's the Christ. whole yeah double cross with Al uh, pranking them or pranking someone else. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, the Halloween guy. Yeah, Larry Hankin. Right. So yeah, so how does this this measure up to those? This I would say is better than those. What about the one with uh, Rose? With Remember Rose. The, the yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. I, I think this is a better episode than that one because we watched that one a couple times and it didn't necessarily grow on me. So I think this was... I enjoyed crazy it. for you, I think was it. Yeah, I liked it more than Crazy for You. So I guess mm-hmm. I'm crazy about this episode. Okay. Uh, I'm just trying to see, you know, we'll do this again with the the Christmas episode just to see how they, they rank. For me, I think the Halloween episodes get better and better when they actually do them. Yeah. We had, what, <laughs> two seasons without one. Yeah, which, um, which always feels kind of weird. I mean, and well, this is this is an interesting Halloween episode in that Tim and Jill don't put on Halloween costumes. Like, they put on weird shit on their faces, right. but they don't actually... <laughs> they put dr- panties on their head. Yeah, they put panties on their head, but they don't... Uh, yeah, they, they don't actually have their Halloween guy get them costumes. <laughs> yeah, well, okay. I, I mean, this is my favorite episode of the show so far, and so clearly my favorite Halloween episode. Yeah, yeah. I, I think... Th- I, I would say this is my favorite Halloween episode, too. Cool, cool. Um... I don't know what more I can do to try to get the secret word out this week. Um, I've been trying to feel for it as we've been having this conversation, but I mean, I kind of burnt the words that I thought it was. Uh, Halloween, spooktacular, hauntastic. uh, You're closer than you were with the film stuff. Scarifying, shocktober. (laughs) It's a real word that I chose. Shocktober is a real word. They've been using it on the Flophouse for like 10 years. Um, I don't know, Landon. what's, What's the word? The secret word this week is creaky. Creaky? Because they were going up in the attic and and there were creaky floorboards in the attic. That's why you were taking me in that direction. Well, and it's a Halloween episode. The creaky, creaky, creaky. You know, chains, chains, dragon. Yeah, there's only yeah, there's there's only like what a quarter of a million words in the English language. Like one of these days, I'm gonna land on the same one that Landon picks. (laughs) Um. So that was the word. We got a little uh, post sample before we end this episode. Yeah, what's our po- I got what's... two quick things. Yeah, yeah, give it to me. What are your quick things? Uh, you know what? Sometimes I get whims. Uh, they come to me just like any other human. Yeah. And when I posted last week's episode, do you remember last week's episode? <sighs> do, oh. do you remember the real episode that we were supposed to watch? Yes, I do remember the real episode we were supposed to watch. Oh, no, one... no. Oh, I'm sorry. No, because that, that comes out tomorrow. Yeah, that's the episode this. that so, I still have like 10 ago. minutes of editing to do on. Yes, two two weeks ago's episode. Yes, I two, remember. Two weeks ago. Do you remember that episode? Yes. Wh- what happened in that episode? That episode... Landon, I don't remember attic. what happened in that episode. <laughs> <laughs> the, the office in the attic. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, God. That was only two weeks ago, that episode. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Jill, Jill <laughs> well, said she well, was the three... office in the attic. 
And then there's three Xion episodes ago for you, but two for everyone else. A lot's been um, going on. Yeah. A lot has happened. You're a year older. We had a whole holiday. Yeah. It's a different season. I, I, uh, I watched the wrong changing. episode of an episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Time zones switched over. Um, okay, so because that was a Tim and Jill episode, they were fighting. I My whim was, when I post this episode on Twitter, I'm going to put out a little poll and ask people, choose your fighter. Who, who do you want in this fight? Do you want Tim or you want Jill? Mm-hmm. And you know who did you who, who who would you pick? I mean, I would pick Jill in that episode. Both, Jill, both because Jill is the more reasonable one in that episode, and because I'm just generally on Team Jill, even though I like Tim <laughs> a lot more now than I did before. <laughs> likewise, likewise, I was shocked though that still 25 percent of people chose Tim's side on that. Argument. Damn. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, you know, honestly though, for a home improvement podcast, I think it's pretty good that three quarters of our listeners are taking Jill's side in a debate rather than Tim. I think that's about as good as you can hope for, really. Uh, I think so. Um, I unfortunately have a little bit more math with you for you in this uh, this next post amble. Uh, I want you to try to help me understand this. You're a Spotify user, right? Yes, I am. Okay, so one thing that's been going on today on social medias, on the sh- on the so so meds as I call them, mm-hmm. yeah, um, <laughs> the, on the people friends are sharing stores. their <laughs> people are sharing their uh, screens of their most listened to things throughout the year. Yes, and my goodness, you know, uh, hand over my heart, I, I can't you know, believe people put this much time and effort into our show listening to us. We got a few ourselves. What? Um, yes. Uh, uh, Laren sent over one that, you know, was amazing. Um, uh, a friend of ours, uh, listener of the show listened to, let me, let me double check this to make sure it was minutes and not hours because if it was hours, I need to talk to that boy. Um, that boy ain't right. Depending on who that boy (laughs) is. Yes, it was, it was minutes. Uh, he spent twenty one thousand minutes listening to us oh, <laughs> this year. Ew! I don't spend that much time listening to myself. <laughs> but here's the thing. So what this says is, you spent twenty one thousand twenty six minutes listening to grunt work this year. There's a something here that says that's more than seventy four percent of other listeners in the United States. Make that percentage make sense to me. Wait, that's more than 74% of other listeners in the United States. So you've there are if if I'm understanding math right, there are 26% other people that listen to more than 21,000 minutes of us this year. I don't I I don't think that's maybe it's just who listen to more podcasts than that period, not more than 21,000 minutes of us, period? Well, I don't know. I mean... Oh, yeah. Okay. You know what? I I, I think I did get a little too far up my own ass with that. I think it is 21,000 minutes total. <laughs> wait, what? One, one, of us, one of us getting too far up an ass on a subject? I don't think that ever happens on grunt work. <laughs> Spotify's most spent, beloved podcast. Uh, yeah, you spent 21,000 minutes listening, not to grunt work, just in general. Oh. That's more than 74% of other listeners in the United States. So, oh, okay. Um, okay. I feel, that makes more sense. I feel a lot better about what we're doing. Because also, I was sitting there like, 21,000 minutes. Have I edited <laughs> 21,000 minutes of this podcast? <laughs> if so, Jesus. 
Well, the thing that threw me off is that centered right underneath those statistics is the the artwork for our show. So it really, this image makes it seem like it's grunt work that he's listening to. Hey, listen, let people believe that lie if they want to. Yeah, no, 21,000 minutes of grunt work podcast. That's that's what people want to do. Well, you can edit. You can help that lie by editing out the last couple seconds of the clarification. I'll spend twenty one thousand um, minutes on it. Yeah. Last last bit though. Uh, Thanksgiving had just happened. I went to Omaha uh, during that time. Yeah. Uh, spend spend the holiday with a friend, and we had a very safe social distance gathering with a third friend of ours, and was shocked. It's it's weird to me. I've known this guy. We played D anD D and have for a long time, and I've you know met him years ago, and you know love this guy dearly. Um, just now getting to know him, and it's always weird to me when we go to a party and someone that you kind of know <laughs> says that they listen to the show. Oh boy, yeah, <laughs> makes you makes I your never blood quite run a know how ball. to react to that. Yeah, <laughs> how did you in this case? Did you just turn and run away? Uh, I, <laughs> I think I apologized, which yeah. is customary. <laughs> best, best immediate response. Yes. Um, but then I, I mean, I wasn't self-conscious of it at all, really, but there was a few times throughout the night cause I had, had, I don't really drink anymore, but this particular night I had a full bottle of Pinot Noir to myself. Woo! Woo! Landon. And there were a few times it entered my head. I'm like, oh, is it weird? I mean, how would I feel if I was sitting on the couch next to someone who does a podcast that I listen to, and I just watched him get progressively drunk through the night? I'm, what I'm getting to is I, we might not have a listener anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you, you shouldn't have kissed him, Landon. That's that, people. People don't want to get that close to their idols. When will you learn? <laughs> Uh, look, uh, listen. What I can tell, like I, uh, getting drunk with Dan McCoy from the Flop House a couple of years ago, if anything, only made me love that podcast more. So, however sloppy you think that you got, I, I think that might have only enhanced the quality of this individual's fandom. And if they're and if they're well, listening I, right now, hi, I'm the other one from the show. We haven't met yet, but one day I'll get drunk around you, and you'll also find me off-putting. Uh, to be honest with you, he's one of the funniest people I've ever met in my life, and on, I aspire to be as funny as him. So, uh, what I'm saying is, Truman, you might not, you might have a new co-host soon. <laughs> what, or, or you mean I might be out of a job because he's replaced me as the co-host? No, it's that I want to listen to the show, and I don't want to listen to myself anymore, so I'm going to have him replace me. Well, you're going to have him sub in for the last season and a half when the show is at its absolute best. You are getting off yeah. the train at the wrong time, buddy. <laughs> That's the story of my life. <laughs> what do you say we end this episode, even though I want to bask in it a little bit more? Yeah, let's let's end it. Let's uh, let's let's put this this horse out to pasture, I guess. That's not even remotely relevant <laughs> it's not to what even this a episode's thing. about. No, it's not. It's not at all. Um, the pasture. Let's put this head in a basket. Is evil. Okay, go on. <laughs> Grunt work is made possible by our patrons and even those people who listen. Uh, twenty one thousand hours a year. Uh, if you enjoyed today's episode and you want to help us create the show, consider becoming an official Grunthead sponsor over at patreon.com slash gruntworkpod, where you'll get access to our entire archive of Gruntwork Nights episodes, which come out every Tuesday. 
Leave us a rating review uh, wherever you listen to podcasts because it's the best way to get people uh, to know about the show. And we would really appreciate that. We want to find new listeners. Um, you can also stop by and say hi to us on Twitter or Instagram at GruntworkPod or visit our website, www.gruntworkpodcast.com. At which it is. Yeah, I know, I know. I was. I realized as I was saying it, oh shit, he didn't say at. I should have said at. I, I had too much spit in my mouth. I had to swallow. You were getting really disgusting at the end of this episode, Landon. What happened? You're a regular body I horror. I don't know. Um, on our website, you can find our uh, newsletter. <laughs> I, I'm, I've been so good about these outros. You have been. And you I'm haven't melted down like apart. this in a while, yeah. I am. My brain has been shredded by this episode. I can't. I'm not used to being so optimistic and enthusiastic about something. What's wrong with us? <sighs> Visit our website at www.podcast.com. We did this, Landon. Come on, dude. Where you can also see other information on today's episode and sign up for our weekly newsletter to be notified whenever a new episode is released. It's called a Take Two. Until next week, when we bring you another episode of Home Improvement. I've been Landon Solano. I've been Truman Caps, and remember to please return your walkie-talkie to the line producer before you leave set for the day, because if you take it home with you, I am not going to drive out there and pick it up from you. You're going to have to bring it back. Uh-huh.